you're not an oak tree, but you could be. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel. And we always try to find something interesting to talk about that may have something to do with politics, but hopefully on a deeper level than most of that. Uh, Zoe, I found out uh, to my uh, great dismay that uh, P.J. O'Rourke had died uh, just a couple days ago. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm doing this week's Moving Back to America show about that. But basically, it's absolutely certain that if it hadn't been for P.J. O'Rourke, I would not be here. I wouldn't be a conservative, not in the way I understand it. Certainly not. That particular thing is in another show. But what I thought it'd be fun to talk about today would be to talk about this idea of mentors and, and what a mentor is, maybe get a little bit personal, talk about each, each one of us, talk about some of the mentors that we've had in our lives, because it's different than tutors and it's different than... it's. It, a father figure can be a mentor, but not necessarily is one. And that and that relationship is such an essential part of of success, not just business success, just being good at things. If you just have pride in being good at things, the best way to be good at things is to be very close friends with somebody who's already good at that thing, right? And if you show the correct attitude of, of respect and, and the correct attitude of, of eagerness and, and willing to work hard then that person will will joyfully impart everything they know to you and and some money too sometimes to keep you going. And I have had uh, three mentors in my life. And P.J. O'Rourke was not exactly a mentor. He was just an influence. But but the mentors, when I try to think about my life without these people, these three people, and I'm happy to talk about them in a minute, I can't imagine any possible way for me to be anything close to where I am now, uh, I am I, utterly convinced that I would be a far, far uh, inferior person uh, if I hadn't uh, met these people. Man, yeah, I, I remember um, mentor, like for me, I've had mentors that uh, shaped or planted seeds on how I think today. Despite growing up in, you know, like uh, California in the public school system and being in music and, you know, in a, uh, being a person of color or being black, uh, you know, it's it's those kind of influences. They, they really were really impressionable, uh, despite where I had I was uh, where I had grown up um, in terms of the way I think uh, I've had a mentor um, for my martial arts, which also uh, was a basis uh, to really substantiate the thought process that I was starting to come into, uh, you know, whether it come, you know, came to uh, my political views, you know, my spiritual views and things like that. Uh, I, I didn't really have much of a, a, a mentor concerning the thing. One of the things that I really enjoyed doing and that's music. I, I really enjoyed music. I didn't really, I didn't really have a mentor for that. And I didn't really grow up in a, uh, a rich music community. Um, but and that's I don't know, something that I feel like I kind of missed, like in terms of that. I'm trying to basically, you know, uh, recapture that. And I still haven't really tapped into a, a music community or, or a mentorship as far as and that you're goes. not and you're not dead yet, pal. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and, uh, so I'm still that's still something I wouldn't mind tapping into at some point. Um, I'll just go ahead and name names. Uh, 
they they one of them is remotely famous the other two aren't uh, the three mentors in my life uh, the first one is is a guy named Phil Trick who basically was a a moral beacon for me at a time when I was you know in my early teens and just utterly confused didn't see much of my dad and and just really had no real idea of right and wrong and why something is right and wrong and and someone who cared enough to 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 hold me accountable to these things um that provided me um and i and by the way when i say it provided me some kind of moral foundation that foundation didn't expose itself for another 20 or 30 years but nevertheless it was there and put there uh the second uh mentor i had was uh was jack horkheimer who was a star hustler stargazer on pbs the guy who had the astronomy show he was bat guano crazy he was he was a just a, a crazy man and and exceedingly difficult to work with it caused me enormous amounts of stress and everybody else around him too but he let me start running planetarium shows when I was, you know, 14. He let me start writing them when I was 15. That's the first time I ever wrote anything that got paid for. Uh, I started doing uh, live lectures in the planetarium, which just helped me enormously with my, with my speaking career. He believed in me, and he gave me a chance to, to live up to my potential. Yeah, man. And, you know, <clears throat> I remember, um, you know, when I was around seven, you know, seven, eight years old, um, you know, a, a, a guy came into uh, our lives and uh, this is the, like one of the first times, you know, people start, you know, t you know, using the words like talented or or even gifted and trying to, you know, it's like I, I, I don't know where they get this thing gifted, you know, from. But it's like, you know, it's like, look, man, you got it. You got a gift. Even at your They're age, I can tell. You got to get watering that seed, man. Watering That's what that it seed. is mostly. Yep. Right. So he's watering the seed and telling me it's like, like I can. He's like telling me I'm like I'm like a kid. I'm like seven, eight years old. It's like, man, I, I can have a conversation with you that I could have with grown men. And I don't mean like talking about like, you know, you know, dirty conversations that, you know, don't come. I'm talking about like talk about, you know, uh, serious things. Yeah. Serious adult, things. Adult thing, yeah. Even politics. You know, so he's talking to me at this point. And now I say that to say that this was the first Republican. I had ever met, right? And this guy that I had met, uh, he had a huge, you know, and uh, I'll just, just it, I'm, I'm only saying this not for any frivolous reason, but it's part of the story. He's a white mm -hmm. guy, right? Mm -hmm. We lived in the hood, man. We were in Delman Heights. I mean, it's not, that's not a nice neighborhood. Delman Heights uh, in San Bernardino. Um, he was, uh, as far as I know, he was, uh, um, uh, uh, he was an engineer. And he moved because he was doing some work in that area. He moved into the hood with us, right? Had a huge crush on my mom, who's black. And it was like, wait, wait, I thought Republicans were racist. Uh, <clears throat> treated me and my sisters like we were his own kids. Um, he had a son. He had one son. And his son was a homosexual. And he didn't approve of his son, but it was like, get out of my house, you, you, you queer. It wasn't like that mm -hmm. either. No. You know, so all these things that people would say about Republicans, the first Republican I ever met, he was none of those things. Um, so he tried to, you know, uh, really cultivate in me 
you know, these values, patriotism, things like that, you know, through him, we learned about, like, you know, I got, he was in our lives for a little bit. Through him, I learned about the Navy Sea Cadet Corps, got into that, you know, he, he tried to encourage me with the music, you know, started me off in, you know, martial arts and things like that. Uh, so he was a, a, a wonderful, you know, godsend in our lives. Uh, so, and like I said, I was in California and, you know, a lot of those things after he had, you know, he had, he had passed away and at some point. And, um, and, you know, the other influences like came in, but I still had that seed though. It's like, I still under, you know, still understood some things and started to question the narratives of, of a liberalism as I got older and stuff like that, something that just doesn't add up. And, you know, those things were even like further substantiated, you know, when I connected with, um, you know, my martial arts instructor, I took on another form of martial arts. And, um, you know, he, you know, showed me how these things not just apply in terms of going fisticuffs, but just how it applies in your life. You know, you got to have that mindset of how you're going to basically fight through these things, you know, and not not and not just try to bludgeon your way through them, but to work these things into submission and get past it. So, you know, these kind of mentors in my life, <clears throat> you know, were, were a blessing to have. And and even for myself to have been described as a mentor, um, you know, even people like you said, you know, people that you haven't physically met have mentored you. People have told me it's like, yeah, man, I've watched your your content, man. And, and, and I consider you a mentor. I'm like, wow. Wow. <laughs> you got low standards. No, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel so. You must have a lot of time on your hands, you know. <laughs> but pass uh, on what you know, you know. Yeah. The you know, that seed analogy is a really good one because um I mean, some people have find themselves born into you know better soil than others. What I mean by that is, they, as they grow up as very young children, their parents are always telling them, "Hey, good job! You can be anything you want to." That kind of thing. Other people, no. But but that idea of watering that seed, essentially, what the mentor is doing is you got this this person who feels like this little acorn, this little tiny thing that maybe can't do anything or so on, and 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 this guy basically says to you. You're not an oak tree, but you could be. Mm. And, and when that question is asked to somebody and the response is, show me how, mm -hmm. that's when the wheel really starts to turn. And um, the, the, the major mentor in my life was my friend Steve's dad. His name was Jerry Stipp. He died a few years ago, more than a few years ago now, now that I think about it. And I just want to tell a story because it deserves to be told. When I met him, I was friends with uh, with his eldest son, Steve. And this was the sleep over the years, you know, where that's just what you did. You spent the night at a friend's house. Uh, and when I first met them, he had a family of, uh, he had a wife and four kids, and he's trying to support them on a university professor's salary, which was probably 23 grand or something. And the family got together and said, do you want to have good food or do you want to live in a nice place, nicer place? Those are the choices. They said, we'd rather live in a nicer place. So I go over there for, you know, sleepover. And uh, then, you know, the next morning we're having our cereal and they pour this gray water in the bowl, you know. And, I, and I'm like, what is this? And they're saying, this is, um, this is powdered milk because we can't really afford, you know, real milk. Okay. That was a wake-up call for me. So... He and a partner developed a way to do carbon-14 dating that was all three of the, you know, they see you can have it quickly, you can have it uh, good, or you can have it cheap. He figured out a way to do all three. Took it to the University of Miami. They said, no, nah, not interested. So he risked everything, 
went out and started his own business with this. A year or two later, I see him driving a Toyota Supra, which was a pretty nice car at the time. And he went on to become a multimillionaire and, uh, and built, you know, just built houses because he, he liked designing them. And he just go out and build them, live in them for 10 or 15 years. And this guy not only gave me the money to make my first 16 millimeter films and later gave me the money to start uh, editing a TV show that I was doing. He was proud of the, of the results, but he showed me that, that, that wealth was not something that you got. It wasn't like you got tapped on the shoulder by the, by the money fairy, you know, <laughs> that, that, that it really came down to, um, Having a passion about something, and in, in virtually every other case I've known, it's the passion is not about making money; it's about doing something, mm-hmm. and and then the willingness to take the chance to get away from the safety net that is also keeping you down, and then nothing but hard work and persistence, and finally, uh, the thing I learned most about him was that he enjoyed the money, you know. He really enjoyed it. He didn't throw it around, and, and he was the least ostentatious person I've ever met. But when he's walking around a house that he's designed, he was happy all the time. And he was just, he was just a happy, happy guy. Uh, and, and he took such good care of me and taught me so much. And I miss him very much. And, uh, and that relationship is so important. It seems to me to be mostly male, but then again, I don't know what the what the female uh, connection to that is. But at least in terms of my personal experiences, uh, at least three times and and to a smaller degree, many other times, somebody has come along and seen something in you, seen potential in you, mm-hmm. and if you have the courage to ask them for help, it's not easy either. And they do, your life blossoms yes you know and i can i can understand where he's coming what you're saying when you 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 got this person who's walking around and has this sense of joy it's not so much that the the money you know people say money can't buy happiness sometimes it makes a great down payment though um but it's it's not about (laughs) it's the freedom it's and and it's the freedom from worry and the freedom to do what you want to do well and you know the thing is i mean and, and that's not necessarily absolute because you got people out there who getting who making long money man and uh they end up being suicidal you know drug addicts alcoholics they, they don't feel complete um it's it's not about the money money doesn't it can't you know buy anybody like true true happiness uh but like i said but but it's the it's the thing that it's kind of like that validation though if a person's like walking around and he's looking at yeah i did this it's not just the money but the affirmation that other people can appreciate it at least as somewhat to a degree as much as he it's like wow man i i'm looking at this and this isn't half bad now that's for me that's my testament t- testimony to myself this this is, looks pretty good and then you have that dollar vote that comes in and say yeah man your stuff is good i really enjoy and you know to be able to share what you've done with somebody else where somebody appreciates your work even enough to say hey man here's my dollar do some more 
right? Where yeah, your work exactly. is like, and that, that in a sense is really gratifying. You know, when it's like the, the, the thing that you put this effort into is like paying for itself. And like I said, it's not, ooh, ooh, I did this. I'm going to make some more money. I'm going to make some more money. It's like, wow, people are giving me money because they dig what I do. That's the other half of it, man. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, thank you, God. I've, I've got this thing that that is blessing other people, you know, and, and I get to share, I get to share in that with other people, you know, and, and that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's a point where I think a lot of people just want to be. It's not, like I said, it's not just about the money, just knowing that, hey, you, you really did what it is I'm doing. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. And that was always for me, the ultimate uh, endorsement, you know, the ultimate kind of kind of, uh, I just hate this word so much. It's the only thing I can think of right now. It's the ultimate kind of validation because here's a guy who took a risk on me mm. uh, repeatedly mm. and hearing from him that some piece of work that I'd done was just really, really great or, or he really admired it or got to the point where he'd invite me, you know, to come over and cause all of his friends were fans, you know, that kind of thing. The ability to repay that is just fabulous. It's just, it's a fantastic feeling, incredible feeling. Yes. And, um, and he, he was very, he wasn't loose with his money, but he was generous with it. I had to borrow some money from him uh, for a while and uh, in some really lean times. And there were times when I couldn't make the entire payment that I'd agreed to. And sometimes I'd have to send him a quarter of it, but I sent it every single month mm -hmm. and I, and I never missed a payment. And, he told me late in life that he had to, you know, when you're, when you're wealthy, people are constantly coming up for you for money and you know, just constantly. And he said, you're the only person that I've ever loaned money to that paid me back mm. or at least made a serious effort to pay me back. And um, I was about halfway through uh, the money I owed him when he died. And, and uh, one of the things he mentioned in his will was just forget about the rest of it. Mm. And I was, I was exceedingly proud of that, and I still am. You know, as I have had uh, made some very bad decisions in my life and some very good ones too. But I was proud of that, and I was especially proud of it to hear that no one else had done that because that payment to me was my top priority. That was above my rent, you know? Yeah. That I did not want to, I did not want to default on that relationship. Indeed, man. And right there, that's the Lord all day. We owe a debt that none of us can pay. We'll never pay that debt. He's like, I got you. Right? It's like, I got you on this. All I'm asking is that believe who I say I am. That's all it's gonna cost you. Just believe who I say I am. And you know, we 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 know what it's like. You know, to have a debt that, man, I, I don't know, I don't know if I could pay that off. And then the relief of somebody just forgiving the debt, you know, and, um, you know, what a blessing that is. And, and to be able to do that to somebody else, I, I've had uh, somebody ask me to loan them money. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I don't I don't loan money. I told I told this person, I'm not going to loan you any money, but I'll give you I'll give it to you. Right. Uh, I don't want to be because, you know, it's like one of those things where. I see that this person may owe money to this, you know, to they're, they're, they're delinquent on a car payment and, you know, their cell phone payments and stuff like that. And they're asking us, okay, well, if you're not paying them back, 
chances are you ain't gonna pay me back either, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm not gonna loan you any money, but I'll give you money, but I'll tell you what, I'll give you this money, but you can't ask me for any more money unless you pay this money back. Yeah, there you go. Right? Now, any money that you save up trying to pay me back or, or, or any, that you would try to make a loan with, just keep that and get yourself out of the situation that you're in where you don't have to ask people for money. But yeah. I'll give it to you, but I don't, want, I don't want it to be like, okay, I'm waiting for you to loan me my money back. No, it's a gift. Go ahead, just take it, right? But get yourself out of this. That's how you can repay me is get yourself out of this situation, right? That's how you can repay me. And if you ever want to uh, uh, you, uh, get uh, money anymore, Present me with what I loaned you in the first place, because that'll show me that you've gotten yourself out of the situation. You know, it's almost like that movie Friday. What was that movie Friday? Uh, he said, Mom, can I, can, I, um, can I get $200? And she's like, well, if you need $200, get a job. Well, if I had a job, I wouldn't need $200. Exactly. <laughs> the, um, I, I had a friend who wasn't really a mentor. He was just a friend, but you were talking about repaying stuff. And during the really lean years of my life, I ended up borrowing just little amounts of money that probably ended up being like 10 grand, something in that neighborhood, 10 or 15 or something over the course of 20 years, right? And then when, when things started to finally happen for me, I had a chance to pay him back every penny of that. And then when I got my first new car in my life, I had a really good used car and I just gave it to him. Because he he needed it, he had his he had a van that was really not behaving. It's I just here. This is yours, uh, and thank you. And being able to repay a debt is is it just it just a it's a fundamental form of contentment and and the good kind of pride. You know, the 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 kind of thing that makes you feel a little better about about, you know, about yourself or maybe a lot better about yourself the kind of thing that makes you think if, you know, you keep this up, you're in some danger of going to heaven, you know? Indeed, man. And that's, uh, that's not a place where you want to be. And, and that thing that even that is not, you know, based on merit. It's not based on how, how good a person thinks that they've done or merits they've stacked up for themselves mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's a gift. It's, it's, it's on grace. That, and that in itself, that in itself is the hard work. Can you do the mental work to say that this was given to me by grace, you know, and, 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 and have the faith in that? That actually takes a lot of work, you know, for some people. Yeah. And it's not like you have to repay it, but on some level, you have to be worthy of it. That's why I think that line at the end of, of Saving Private Ryan was just so powerful. You know, he's, he's basically lost its entire... Uh, squad, you know, fifteen guys killed to get, to get, um, to get Ryan back to his family after his brothers had all been killed, and and Tom Hanks says, "Earn this, you know. There, you have incurred a large debt, uh, and um, and just earn it. Just live the kind of life that would make us proud of the fact that we gave you this money, didn't loan it to you, right? You know, you, that you that you lived up to um, to your potential stuff. Indeed. So." Uh, of the three mentors I've had, two of them have died, uh, Jack Horkheimer and, uh, and Jerry Stipp. Uh, the third one's watching this show now. Hey, Phil. Hey, Bobby. How you guys doing? Uh, and, um, and I'm grateful, enormously grateful to them. 
And I'm also enormously grateful to the other people that make me sitting in this chair possible. And that is the members at BillWhittle.com who, um, of their own free volition, step up and pay for things that they could get for free. And those are the kind of people that make this world worth living in. And, and, and the abundance of those kind of people is what made this country so great. And, uh, and for those people, I'm exceedingly grateful as well. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of The Virtue Signal, again, made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com. If you want to join the crowd, there's a link below. And if not, that's okay, too. Um, and uh, for Alfonso, Rachel, and myself, we'll see you next time here on The Virtue Signal. <laughs>